Welcome to the Rabbi Greenberg Show, the podcast that brings Jewish knowledge to you. In American culture, there's a figure called Tanto. In Judaism, there's also a Tanto. The Tanto is an acronym for the four components of the Hebrew letters in the Torah. The letter Tet stands for Tamim, musical notes, or Trup. Every word in the Torah has its own musical note. The nun, the letter nun of tanta, stands for nukudot, the vowels. And then you have the tuf, stands for tagin, the crowns, little decorative crowns on the letters. And finally, you have the aleph, which stands for the otiot, the letters themselves. So we're going to focus today on ta'amim, the first of the four components, the musical notes, The musical notes in the Torah also have significance. In fact, they really go beneath the surface to tell you something that you would never know just by reading the text itself. Among all the notes that we have for the reading of the Torah, there's one note that stands out, and it's only mentioned in the Torah four times. In the entire five books of Moses, we only have it four times. In this week's Torah portion, we have it for the second time. And this note is called shalshelis. Shalshelis literally means a chain because this note looks like a chain of notes going from lower to higher, zigzagging. And it's read that way as well. And this note appears in a word in this week's Torah portion. But in order to understand its significance, we have to give some background. In this Torah portion of Chai Sarah, Abraham wants to marry off his son Isaac, but he wants a wife that comes from his own hometown, his birthplace. So he sends his trusted servant, Eliezer, to travel to Aram Naharayim to find a wife for his son Isaac. When he comes there, the Torah says, Vayomer, and he says, he speaks to God, and he says, God, and I'm paraphrasing now, I want to ask a girl to give me some water, and if she says, fine, I'll do it, but I'll also give your camels. That's the girl that I want for my master's son. Simply, that's a proof that she's a kind person, and therefore she would be suited to marry my master's son, Isaac. But when the Torah introduces that narrative, and it says that Eliezer spoke to God, it says, Vayomer, the Hebrew word Vayomer, and he spoke, that word carries with it the musical note known as Shalshelet, the chain. Now let's try to understand what's going on over here. What is the significance of this note? This note is a note that relates to the entire chain of human existence, the entire chain of the Jewish people. In fact, it's the entire chain of spirituality from the highest of levels to the lowest of levels, from the beginning of creation to the end of time, to the Messianic age. That's what Eliezer was tapping into when he was making this marriage, the first marriage, first Jewish marriage. This is after Abraham had circumcised himself. This is the first Jewish marriage, and this is the first marriage even described in the Torah. This marriage was not just an ordinary marriage. This marriage was a marriage that contained within it the future marriages of all the Jewish people and the marriage between God and the Jewish people themselves. 
was all contained within this marriage between the patriarch Isaac and the matriarch, matriarch Rivka. This event set into motion and tapped into a dynamic that brought all of existence together and gave us the energy to go from step A to step B till step Z. And all of this is hinted in the word Vayomer, and he said, and here is where the paradox lies. On one hand, this note indicates that we're talking about the most sublime, the most powerful of energies that are coming into the world. And where is it hinted? And it's hinted in a simple word, Vayomer. What does that tell us? That tells us that sometimes what we look at as a prosaic word, prosaic action, it has no real soul, it has no real power and energy. That word can be a very, very powerful word. When Eliezer said, when he opened up his mouth and he spoke to God, perhaps he didn't realize it, but little did he realize that this speech is going to usher in a dynamic force that will lead the world inexorably to its intended purpose. This is the significance of the Shalshelis, the note that ties in with what the Kabbalists refer to as Seder Hishtalshalut, the order of the chains of worlds, because this marriage brought together the highest world and the lowest world and linking the highest to the lowest. Now, when we talk about this chain, the note, the shalshelis, has three parts to it. In fact, the word shalshelis has the word shalosh in it, three. And if you look at the way it's depicted, it's a zigzag, but it's like three zigzags. And also when we sing this note, when we chant this note, we go up three levels. Vayomer. In Chabad, the third time is not a complete uh, note, but it's two plus one notes. And the question is, what's the significance of the three? Why is it note a three-part note? Okay, it, it represents a chain, but why a three-part chain? Well, simply, you could say, this marriage between Isaac and Rivka was the linchpin that linked Abraham to Jacob and therefore gave us the three patriarchs with the matriarchs who go together, of course. And this is the dynamic force and the foundation that enabled the Jewish people to survive and to thrive and to flourish and to make God's master plan a reality. Because the fact that we are here today is only because of the patriarchs. Whenever we pray, we always invoke the merit of the patriarchs. It's not just because they were good people, righteous people, and we rely on their merit. It's because they bequeathed to us our spiritual potential. We inherited from them. They are called our fathers and mothers because we inherited their spiritual DNA the same way a child physically, biologically, inherits the DNA from its parents. And therefore, this note, this musical note, has the 
three parts to it to indicate that what is it that is responsible for making that chain a complete chain, and that chain has never been broken, which is one of the great miracles of the Jewish people's survival, that after thousands of years of suffering, of persecution, of oppression, of attempts to try to get us to forget our religion, attempts to try to get us to change our religion, all of that failed and we are still here promoting God's mission and continuing that dynamic force which began at the wedding of Yitzchak and Rivka. This is the power that we inherited from the patriarchs. But let me give another explanation why the Shalshelis, this note, is a three-part note. Because when you're talking about this chain, chain that has to link one side to the opposite side, where does it all begin and where does it all end? It begins, of course, with creation, and it ends with a messianic age. And that's the chain that brings God's plan in creation to fruition at the very end. But that long chain can be divided into three stages. The first stage is everything that happened from creation until Moses, who received the Torah at Mount Sinai. At that point, the first stage was complete because that's when God revealed his master plan to the world. God created the world any builder would have a reason for creating it, has a purpose, and would reveal that purpose to the people who are going to be living in that structure. God would have revealed his plan and his purpose, and indeed, that's what he did at Mount Sinai. But who paved the way for Mount Sinai? Who paved the way for the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai? It was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the matriarchs. They were the ones who paved the way, and the chief force, you could say, that brought about this potential for the Torah to be introduced to our world was the wedding of Yitzchak and Rivka, because the wedding itself has within it a tremendous transcendent dynamic that enables us to receive the transcendent Torah at Mount Sinai. That's the first stage. The second stage is everything that happened from Moses until Kings David and Solomon. King David was the one who took the ideals of Moses and implemented them into the world. He was the one who conquered Jerusalem. He was the one who purchased the Har HaMaria, the Temple Mount. He was the one who assembled the funds for the building of the Beis HaMikdash. He even dug tunnels underneath the Beis HaMikdash. He did everything except to build the building which he left for his son Solomon. What that means is they took the master plan, which was just given to the world at the time of Moses, but was not implemented, and he began to implement it. Because the model, what is the master plan going to achieve, that God will find this world to be a comfortable place, a dwelling place for himself. And the model of that was the Beit HaMikdash, the holy temple, which King David and King Solomon prepared and built. That was the second stage where the plan is becoming a reality. It's becoming something that could be seen in the world itself. It was being implemented. And the final stage will be the Messianic Age, ushered in by a descendant of King David, someone who has the soul of Moses, and he will usher in the Messianic Age and bring this chain to its final conclusion, to its final destination. 
It's interesting that this is hinted in the Talmud. The Talmud has a discussion about why God created the world. One opinion says God created the world for the sake of Moses. The other one says for the sake of David. The third one says for the sake of Mashiach. Are they arguing? The Rebbe explained no, there's no argument. Moses was the one who revealed the master plan. He got the plans for the world, so now the world can use these plans. King David was the one who started to implement those plans, and the Mashiach will be the one who will bring those plans to fruition. That could be the reason why this note that appears on the words Vayomer, and he said, those notes, that note rather, is a threefold note because this force that was introduced to the world when he made that match between Isaac and Rebekah is responsible for the bringing of the chain from the first stage to the third stage. That was the force that made it possible for the chain to go from one extreme to the other. We are part of a long chain of existence. That chain has never been severed, but that's only true about the Jewish people as a whole. We still have this continuity, but there are unfortunately individuals whose link in the chain has been broken, has been cut off from the other link. And that tells us that we have an obligation to be the spokespeople just like Eliezer, when he was saying these words to get the right match for Isaac, those were God's words speaking through him, tapping into this energy of this chain effect. Well, we have to open our mouths and make it possible for every Jew to be connected to the chain. In fact, that's one of the things that happens and is happening now that is, was predicted by the last of the biblical prophets, Malachi. In the end of the book of Malachi, Elijah will come, he says, to restore the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, to bring the links of this chain together, even for those who have, for whatever reason, not because of their own fault, but because of ignorance and so on, to bring them together and reattach them. And sometimes it can happen by the father or the mother finding a way of connecting to the children and getting rid of that so-called generation gap. Or sometimes it can be, as Rashi translates, that Elijah will restore the hearts of the fathers not to the children, but through the children. That the children will bring their fathers and mothers back and will reconnect to that chain. That is the mission, and that is the challenge of our own generation, to be like Eliezer, that our words that we speak should be words that tap into this major event of creating this chain that will lead us imminently to the coming of Mashiach. Thanks for listening to The Rabbi Greenberg Show.